Over the last uh, week, we talked about God's presence over our performance in our series, Get Over It. So I want you to turn to somebody right now and say, get over it. (laughs) Isn't that just fun? Doesn't that just do something to you? Just look at somebody square in the eye and tell them to get over it. Some of y'all did not need me to tell you to tell somebody to get over it because you've been telling somebody to get over it all morning long. Maybe on the way in, you were telling your kids, get over it. <laughs> but, but the truth is, is, is that there are areas and issues in our life that, that we need to get over, but it's so difficult, as a matter of fact, impossible to get over these areas in our life without the help of God. And this morning, I want to tell you that there is one area in our life that can be very frustrating and difficult. It's the area of confusion. Is anybody ever confused? <laughs> Is anybody confused as to why you're here this morning? I hope not. <laughs> well, I want to I let you know that we can have clarity over confusion. We can have clarity over confusion because when we come to the Lord and we ask him to help us in our time of need, he can come in in a moment of clarity. But... The truth is, is that there's moments and times in our life where we can get more than just a little bit of, uh, a little bit confused. As a matter of fact, uh, recently, uh, uh, about a month or two ago, my wife bought this, uh, this beautiful little uh, cabinet with two drawers in it and, and where you can put two trash cans. I don't even know why somebody needs two trash cans in their, in their kitchen, but we have two trash cans in our kitchen, and I didn't know why somebody would need it until I got two trash cans in my kitchen, and now we fill both trash cans, and it's twice sort, but that's okay anyhow. Because this, this cabinet, as simple as it sounds, had over a hundred different fasteners in this cabinet. And they were all different types. And it took me two or three hours to put this thing together. I, at one point, didn't know which way to hold the directions. And my kids had to take turns holding a flashlight for me as I put it together and handed me things. I actually had to take a break so I could go eat dinner and then go back to putting it together. I can let you know, I was a little bit confused while I was putting this cabinet together. And not only confused, but I was frustrated. And, and, and by, the, by the time half of what was together, I wanted to take the other half and put it in the trash can. But I couldn't because it wasn't finished yet. <laughs> and it's, it's difficult trying to get unconfused in those confusing moments because confusion all, always comes with frustration. Confusion comes with disappointment and sadness. Confusion can really bring us down and stop us from proceeding in God's will, God's plan. As a matter of fact, confusion can strike anywhere at any age. I had um, uh, uh, about, uh, I, I guess about 17 years ago when I was a youth pastor at another church, I had an illustration where I, I was going to have a, a bunk bed on stage. And so um, I had uh, two young men come in from the youth group and I, I handed them a box of, uh, of bolts and all the stuff to put to the, the bunk bed together. And I said, guys, put this bunk bed uh, together for me. I'll come back in a few moments and I'll check on you. And 
Uh, about 20 minutes later, I, I came back to check their progress and to my amazement, they were complete with the project. They had everything put together and one was sit sitting in the top bunk and the other one was sitting at the bottom bunk and whenever I came in, they both sat up and said, Pastor John, we got it finished and look, we have so many extra pieces. <laughs> and I'm not joking you. Right whenever they said that, the top bunk fell through, landed on the, on the guy on the bottom bunk, and we had to talk about why we needed to use all the pieces. There are moments and times in my life where I thought I had the instructions, and I thought I could do it all, and I got confused. And... And I got frustrated. Then there's moments in life that I've seen where people didn't have a clue of what they were doing. And they were frustrated. Either case, moments of confusion can come and, and hit us in our life and hold us in our, put us in our tracks, stop us in our tracks. They can, they can rob us of our joy. They can put time out in our lives. As a matter of fact, it happens more than just in building furniture. It happens with so many big decisions in our life. And this morning, I want to let you know that we can have clarity over that confusion. But the problem can sometimes be the fact that the confusion takes place because it's multifaceted. There are layers of different variables going on in our life all at the same time. Things like relationships, family, finances, the questions that roll around in our, our mind and in our, and in our heart. What should we do? Where should we go? Who should we marry? What job should we take? What to do after a spouse or loved one passes away? These questions can weigh in our hearts and our minds and bring confusion and chaos in our life. But I think that this morning we should remember that God is not a, a God of, of confusion. As a matter of fact, we read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, starting in verse 33, for God is not a God of disorder, but of what? Peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. God has called us to be people of order because his very nature and character is one of order and not disorder. When God comes on the scene, things begin to fall into place. Aren't you glad for that this morning? That we can be a people of God that are not filled with disorders, but instead filled with order. And we can have clarity in moments of confusion. As a matter of fact, as believers, we have that advantage over all the rest of the world. In times and situations and circumstance that don't make sense to you and I, we can call upon the name of the Lord. And when he comes, he brings his peace and his clarity. The trouble is, is sometimes it's hard. It can be difficult to to reach out and rely on him for that clarity. And so today I want to bring you a list of nine different steps that you and I can take to find clarity over the confusion in our lives. Now, I promise it preaches fast, so just stick with me. 
Okay, nine different steps. All right, the first one is we need to get still. Turn to somebody and say, get still. One of the biggest problems that we make in life when we come into situations or circumstance that bring us confusion and chaos is that we begin to react to the situation very quickly out of fear. And psychologists will tell us that ultimately all fear is the is the same fear. We are all fe- uh, afraid of one thing and one thing only. We're afraid of loss. Loss of life, loss of stuff, loss of our job, loss of our uh, relationships. Lo- all of this boils down to loss. And because we don't want to lose anything, we begin to act in that moment. Unfortunately, as we act, it's can set the trajectory in the course of the rest of the issue, the rest of the problem, oftentimes compound things. We can see this whenever you get a, a, one of the straps to tie down in your truck. You know what I'm talking about. It's the, one of those ratchet straps. And, and I love those guys out there that, that take the time to wind it up and put a little rubber band around it or, or store it in a way that it, but I, you know, whenever I store stuff, I, I just, it, it's tomorrow's problem. And I just gather it up in, a, in a one big ball and I toss it in the back of my truck and it's tomorrow's issue. So whenever tomorrow comes around and I want to I want to tie something down first of all I I'm mad at myself yesterday for doing that but I pull it out and I start pulling it and and trying to untie it untangle it and it gets even more knotted up to the point where I just have to say I'm going to have to take this all apart and wait for 5 minutes so I can untangle this mess that I've created it and life looks a little bit like that sometimes when we begin to make decisions and not order our lives and not stop and just wait on the Lord we can make a mess into a knot anybody ever been guilty of making a little bit of a mess into a great big knot <laughs> I know I, I kind of resemble that but Instead of rushing into this, I'd like for us to try to remind ourselves to get still and just relax for a moment. Just relax. Why? Because Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 says, trust in the who? Not your own ability. Not your own wisdom, not your neighbor, not you yesterday, not you tomorrow. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And what? He will show you which path to take. There's that Greek word again. That that Greek word, all. Actually, I'm sorry, it's a Hebrew word, all. And after you do a little research, you find out that means all, all your heart. You can't get away from the fact that everything about you, every situation you come to, every circumstance that is in your life, you have to trust him with all your heart. When you lean on your own understanding, then we have a tendency to make a little mess into a great big knot. 
And when we trust in the Lord with everything, he has a way of unraveling and straightening out the things of life. But if you look at this passage of scripture, you'll notice something, that it's a contingent uh, promise. We have a contingent promise in him that when we... When we trust in the Lord and we don't lean on our own understanding, then what? What will happen? It says, then he will show us which path to take. How many of you would be guilty of jumping ahead and trying to work things out and the last ditch effort going back and trusting the Lord? That has resembled me in the past. But I want you to know that when we start off on the right foot, when we, dis- we determine that we're going to trust the Lord with everything that we have, then he will show us which path to take. Number two, we need to get obedient. Get obedient. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, didn't you jump ahead a little bit? I mean, you said there's nine steps in this process, and now you're telling us that we need to obey. Well, yes, but we need to be pre-obedient. Well, exactly what is pre-obedience? You know, pre-obedience is, I'm going to be honest with you. Have you ever had somebody ask you uh, your advice and then they just went around and did whatever they wanted to do anyway? Isn't that frustrating? It's like, why did you ask me? You're just going to go do your own thing? Why, why, Why even come to me? Just don't do that anymore. But as a youth pastor, I learned that, that many times, and one of the biggest things that they would do is they would come to me, students would come to me and say, Pastor John, is it okay for me to date a non-believer? And I would, I would be so clear. I would say, well, first of all, no, it's not okay. The Bible tells us don't be equally yoked one to another, okay? I could then take them and I could show them examples through the Bible of how it didn't work out. Then I could show them modern day examples of how it didn't work it out. I could tell them to go talk to somebody and that, that somebody would tell them, don't do it, it doesn't work out. But inevitably, those students would go and they would date a non-believer and then they would try to schedule with me a counseling appointment because their heart was broken. I need to calm down. That hit a nerve with me. But it happens. And yet, we don't know why. See, it's pretty clear here at church that we have to decide that when we trust the Lord with all of our heart, when we don't lean on our own understanding, we have to determine that we're going to be pre-obedient. When we come to the Lord and we ask Him... No matter what the situation, no matter the determination, we're going to go ahead and obey whatever he says. We come to him in a right way. We come to him in a right way. Psalm chapter 40, verse 8. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. We're reminded that God has put right and wrong inside of our hearts and our lives. And those students knew what the answer was before they came to me. And each one of us know that we should trust and be obedient to the Lord because it brings joy in our life. Yet there's still a temptation in our hearts and our lives to be pulled into a different new direction. Family, I want to encourage you. Be pre-obedient to trusting the Lord. Third is get right. Turn to somebody and say, get right. You better get right before you get left. There are many temptations in life. 
There are many temptations. Some are tempting to you and I, and some are not. For me, I can look around and I notice there's a lot more dispensaries, marijuana dispensaries popping up, one on every corner. Have you ever seen this? I'm not tempted to ever walk into a marijuana dispensary. But you put a donut shop next to it. I hit some of y'all. Don't worry, these altars are here. Don't lean on them too hard. And that's, that would get me. But family, God has called us to get everything right before him. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of what, of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Family, this is, this is so important that you and I determine that we're going to offer ourselves back to God as a holy and living sacrifice, living and holy. What does that mean? That word holy there, that means sanctified. It means to be set apart for use of God's purposes. That everything about you and I needs to be for God and offered back to God because he offered himself for us. And so family, as we, as we go and we ask God to help us to walk in obedience, how can we ask God to help us determine what to do in a confusing situation when we're not living for him in every situation? We have to determine in our lives that we have to get right in every aspect of our lives. I'm not saying that you and I have to be perfect, okay? What I am saying is that we have to do our very best to come to the Lord and, and ask him to convict us of our sins and offer that back up to him, repent of it, and get right with him. Amen. You know, uh, when I ask my kids to clean the room, oftentimes I'll come back in and they'll be distracted. They'll be playing. They'll be doing something else. And I said, didn't I ask you to clean your room? And they'll look at me and they'll say, but dad, I made my bed. And I say, yeah, but that's not cleaning your room. The room is the big thing. The bed is just a part of it. You still need to clean your room. And family, that's exactly the way that the Lord looks at us when we say we've gotten this part of our life right, but we haven't finished everything else. We must get everything right in our life. Number four, get a Bible. Do you have a Bible? If you don't, go to a hotel. Take that one. <laughs> They'll replace it. It's fine. Okay, okay, don't do that. Okay, come to me, I'll get you a Bible. See, as we prepare to make decisions in our life, don't assume that God's word won't speak concerning your situation or your circumstance. As a matter of fact, there are some people that believe that, that God's word, even though it's good, it, it's an ancient work that was for them and there. 
But I want to tell you today that God's word is relevant to today here in our circumstance and situations. It speaks on every issue of life and you and I would do well to take a hold of it and look at his word when we approach making big decisions, especially those that bring confusion. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 through 17 says, all, somebody say all, scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. And number two, make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And number three, it corrects us for we, uh, uh, corrects us when we are wrong. Number four, it teaches us to do what is right and it prepares and equips us to do every good work. That word that word in, inspired is a Greek word, theonosis. It literally means God breathed. That God breathed out these truths so that you and I could have all of those things at our fingertips. Unfortunately, many times, the word of God is just within our fingertips, but never reached out and grabbed. I, I do Bible studies all the time, but if I'm ever going to make a big decision, I make a big determination, especially those that can have a tendency to bring confusion and disorder in my life, I'll look and see what the Word of God says about anything that I'm going through. Go to the Bible app and, and, and find, a, uh, um, uh, find a Bible study concerning your issue, or, or go to a pastor or a trusted friend that, that loves the Lord and knows the Word of God, and perhaps through that discussion, you can find where the Bible is going to bring guidance and direction for your life. The, the Bible is, is our life's manual. But there are moments where we choose not to reach out and read it. Number five, get on your knees. Get on your knees. Prayer seems to be an obvious answer to finding clarity over the confusion in our life's decisions. But I want us to understand that many times as we pray, we are guilty of trying to manipulate God to do what we want to do instead of submitting our wills to him. And so we, we find ourselves praying, Lord, my will be done, not yours. And so I want to encourage us today that a better prayer to pray is for God to give us wisdom in making decisions in our lives. God, give us wisdom to making decisions of our lives. But would God give you wisdom? Absolutely. James chapter one, verse five tells us, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Isn't that wonderful? How awesome is God? And think about it. It's so wonderful that God won't even rebuke you for asking. What does that mean exactly? What does that mean? Well, I've got a little illustration you see, my lovely wife, uh, years and years ago when we first got married, she asked me to help make dinner. And, and what she had to do, she, she had set everything on the counter that could be on the counter, and then she wrote a list of all the ingredients, and it was a crockpot meal. And all I had to do was follow the instructions she had to leave early. No problem. Go ahead. I've got this, I said. So... I came into the kitchen. She's gone. I'm following the list. Of, it was so easy. I just put stuff in the pot. No problem. Until I came to the last and most difficult 
instruction ingredient there is. Put five cups of water in. Why did I not understand this problem? But when I began to put the water in, it began to seep through the device and flow all over the counter, and I couldn't understand it. What's going on? I call her frantically. I've tried this twice, I said. The water keeps going over the, all over the counter. She was confused. <laughs> Me too. Finally, she realized. I thought that this was like a food warmer. That you put the water in and then you put the pot on top of that, but that apparently that's not how it works. <laughs> she rebuked me for not being wise. <laughs> Since then, I've gotten clarity. <laughs> I do it right now. Not that she'll ask me anymore. <laughs> but the problem is sometimes we don't even know what to ask for. You don't even know what to ask for. Well, our loving Heavenly Father has given us a solution for that. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Family of God, the Holy Spirit can ignite our heart after we've been baptized in His Spirit. And He will begin to speak and pray through His Spirit through us. So that even when we are so confused that we don't even know what to pray for. Have you ever been so upset? Have you ever been so confused? Have you ever been so hurt you didn't know what to pray but the Holy Spirit comes in a moment and begins to pray through you. And you receive peace. Praise the Lord, our God is so good. Number six, get the facts. You see, that to this point, you and I have, we have basically submitted to the Lord. We have gotten still. We have listened to Him. We've read His Word. And if you stop there, you've, miss the obligation that you and I have to actually act and do something. And we're supposed to get facts, gather together the facts of our lives. In rare and very rare situations, we have gathered too many facts that have caused us to be confused. I have very rarely been con convicted of, of knowing too much. You shouldn't laugh. That's not a joke. But most of the time, you and I are missing information in order to act. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23 tells us, Get the truth and never sell it. Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. Ladies and gentlemen, we are called to be truth collectors. We are called to uncover the facts. We are called to use facts in order to make good decisions because how many of you know that our God, He is true. As a matter of fact, He is truth. And as we uncover the facts of the situation, we'll begin to understand what He desires for us because in many circumstances of our lives, as a matter of fact, Uncovering the facts will, even in spiritual things, help us to discover the inherent truth of the situation.
Number seven, get control of your desires. Get control of your desires. You know, as we come into contact with the truth, we can and will discover that we have a desired outcome. We have a desired outcome in our lives. We want something to happen. But I want to tell you something today, this morning, that, that even if you do want something to happen, it's okay. It's okay because there are times in our life where the Lord wants to give us our heart's desires. Psalms chapter 37 verse 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, your heart's desires. You know, I, I have these, these kids that every once in a while, I'll take them to Walmart and I'll show them the, uh, the toy aisle and I'll say, go pick out a toy as long as it's under $10. <laughs> you know, and they always get the $10.99 one. <laughs> but what would happen if my, my kids came back to me and said, Daddy, I don't want to get a wrong toy. And I'd say, son, daughter, I... I want you to get the thing that you want. Well, Daddy, I can't make a decision because I want what you want. Family, there are times when our loving Heavenly Father wants to bless us. And in those moments, it can cause us to second guess His true intention just to bless us. Don't be confused. Don't get locked up. But the next thing is to make a plan, to get a plan. Many times you and I, we freeze up in this moment of getting a plan because to this moment, we've gotten still, we've gotten pre-obedient, we've gotten right, we've, got, uh, we've read the Bible, we've, we've hit our knees, we've learned the facts, we've tried to get control of our motives. And we get to that point, that moment of actually making a decision and we all get locked up inside. Because we think, well, we're not ready yet. We don't have all the, all the things that we need. Well, well, I, I didn't hear God's voice clear enough. And we just choose not to act. I don't know about you, but I will tell you this. I've been very guilty of this in my life. But friend, can I tell you something? That God has called us to be people of faith that this is not called a fact journey, but a faith journey. That there are moments and times in our life where after we've done everything that we know to do, we just have to take the step and be confident and know that the Lord is going to help us. Because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse nine, we can make our plans, but... The Lord determines our steps. How many of you know that the Lord can use anything that we do to bring him glory? As a matter of fact, the very next and the very last step is to get clarity. The problem is, is that clarity doesn't mean that we get comfortable. Clarity doesn't always mean that we get what we want. Sometimes it does. Clarity, clarity doesn't mean that, that we understand why. What does it mean? It means Romans chapter 8, verse 28. 
And we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Clarity means that we know that when we do our very best to submit ourselves to the Lord, to trust in him in all that we do, not to lean on our own understanding, to read his word, to love him, to gather the facts that we know, to actually step out and make a decision sometimes in faith that God can use anything to bring good in our lives. Would you stand with me all over this place? Perhaps you're here this morning and you don't know the God that we're talking about. You don't know Jesus and because you don't know Jesus, you don't have that advantage in your life of making decisions. As a matter of fact, your life has been filled with making decisions and you've grown accustomed to walking through life uh, confused and dismayed. Maybe to this point you think that's just what life is all about. But I need you to know this morning, friend, that God has called his people to walk in clarity. God has called his people to walk in confidence. That you and I, we can have peace in the midst of the most difficult and trying decisions because of his spirit and his power in our lives. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask God that you would come into this place in such a way, Lord, that would cause our hearts to be attuned to you, Lord, that you would draw people by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, to you. Lord, and that people would make themselves, would, would be drawn to you and make themselves yours this morning. With your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, I want to ask, is there someone in here that perhaps you're tired of being confused about life? And you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life and bring clarity in the moments and the situations of your confusion. If that's you, would you lift your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Looking all over this place, many hands were raised. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you, God, for these hands that were raised. Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that you would come in a powerful way and make become the Lord of their life, Lord. Draw them to you, Lord, so that they'll always know you and never know another day what it's like to be outside of your will, outside of your way, in the midst of chaos and confusion. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's just give the Lord a hand clap of praise for these hearts and lives. Praise your name, Jesus. Thank you, God. Perhaps you're here today and you're a believer, you love the Lord and you're seeking him with all of your life. Maybe you've even gone through some of these steps. You've repeated some of these steps and you still feel confused about the situation. I want you to know that the altars are open this uh, today. Uh, and they'll remain open 
so that you can come down and pray and people can come down and pray with you, that you'll receive clarity in the midst of your confusion this morning. I wanna say thank you so much for being a people of God and being a people of faith, amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this moment, Lord, in this time, Lord, of, of confusion, Lord, confusion in our culture, confusion in our community, confusion in our nation and in the world. Lord, you've called us to be a people of clarity, of peace. Lord, those that know the answer. So this morning, I pray, God, that as your people, we would walk around as if we knew the answer. Lord, offering that answer to the people that we come in contact with. Lord, that your spirit would partner with us. Lord, so that people could find you, that we could give hope, and Lord, that we could do life together. For it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you today.